Hi everyone, Demetrius McRae here, your online campus pastor here at Calvary Christian Center. Welcome to our podcast. As we are in our season of healing, just so you know, we are worshiping on campus and making sure that our worship experiences are safe and sanitary. May today's message bring healing, hope, and ultimately transformation. Hope you enjoy the message. Psalms 85, one of my greatest hungers in this season that I'm in, I want to be fresh with God. How many of you want to be fresh with God? I don't want, I don't want things to be stale. I want to live in a place where I experience Him, where I'm vulnerable to Him, where He can speak to me, where I'm sensitive to His heart. I don't want to be so engulfed and enamored with what's going on in the world that I forget that there's another world that I want to be a part of. So I'm ready to preach today. Psalms 85, 6. Will you not revive us again? How many of you want Him to revive? you again hallelujah he said that your people may rejoice in you show us your mercy Lord and grant us your salvation I will hear what the Lord God will speak for he will speak peace to his people and to his saints I said he will speak peace to his people and to his saints I said he will speak peace to his people and to his saints I declare the word of the Lord over you he speaks peace to his people and his saints but let them not turn back to folly surely his salvation is near to those who fear him that glory may dwell in their land mercy and truth have met together righteousness and peace have kissed hallelujah truth shall spring up from the earth and righteousness shall look down from heaven yes the Lord will give what is good raise your hands and say the Lord will give what is good oh come on say it say the Lord will give what is good and our land will yield its increase righteousness will go before him and shall make his footsteps our pathway I want to preach for a few moments along these lines and then we'll just see what God does four steps to a revival heart how many of you want a revival heart come on how many of you want a heart that hungers for the face and the presence and the power of God slip up your hands father release anointing in this house may your word go forth in power in Jesus name somebody give the Lord a great ovation of praise hallelujah you can be seated I have decided that I want a heart for revival I want a heart for an awakening I want a heart for a move of God I don't want a heart for religion I don't want a heart for just going through the motion I want a heart for revival and so I heard Pastor Kilpatrick say one time he said whatever you preach about is going to manifest so I am making up in my mind in this season that I'm talking about revival I'm talking about awakening I'm talking about a move of God that will rescue your children right out of the jaws of hell I'm talking about a move of God that will set the captives free I'm talking about revival are there any revival people in the house today hallelujah 
This is an amazing passage of scripture that I read talking about revival. And I want you to understand something precious. Revival is not a series of services. Revival is a condition of the heart. It's an awakening to the things of God. I don't just need a conference. I need to be revived. So, so the words in this text here in Psalms are some of the most beautiful in all the Bible. But what truly makes this text amazing to me personally is understanding the historical background and conditions of the Jewish people when this text had been penned. The truth was, y'all, that most Bible historians believe that this text was written shortly after the Jews had been supernaturally delivered from Babylonian captivity. They had been in captive to the Babylonians for over 70 years, but God determined to set them free. They were in captivity to the superpower of the day. They had no army that could fight them out. They had no representation that could negotiate them out. They had no political power, no political connection, but God got ready to deliver his people. And when God gets ready to bring deliverance, nothing can stop him. You may be here today and you don't have the resources, the money, the connections, or anything you feel like you need for the next season of breakthrough, but I hear the Lord say, nothing can block me, nothing can stop me. When I get ready to touch my people, nothing can hinder me. This is very powerful to me because these people had been supernaturally delivered. Is there anybody here today that's been set free from something? This is so awesome to me, but here's what the text implies. The people are delivered. They are not in bondage anymore. They are not in Babylon anymore. They are not chained up or shackled up anymore. The issue is not about their deliverance. The real trux of the matter is this. They were delivered, but they were not revived. They were delivered, but they were not revived. They had problems. See, the truth is I'm delivered, but I still have problems who would be real. I'm delivered, but I still have issues. I'm delivered, but I still have things that I have to contend with. So often we erroneously assume that once we get delivered from bondage, that the enemy withdraws and we won't have to deal with problematic situations anymore. But I've come to tell you that oftentimes your attack is a clue that you have been set free by God and the devil is upset about it see the devil is a liar somehow you need to understand that trouble comes to all of us the bible said in psalms 34 19 many not a few but many are the afflictions of the righteous that means sometimes you're saved and you struggle that means sometimes you're saved and you go through hard times but i'm so glad that there's a caveat in that text and god did not stop Stop there. He said, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers us out of them all. 
I don't know who I'm talking to today, but somebody has been in a season where it seems like hell has been working overtime, but I've come to let you know that God is about to shift your situation. God is about to bring a transformation. Listen, there's no vaccine for trouble. We all are going to encounter trouble. It goes with the territory, but I'm telling you, I'm stopping at this very moment exalting my problem I'm going to exalt the God who can do exceedingly abundantly far above anything that I can ask or even think I'm so glad that God still loves me even when I struggle I'm so glad that my inconsistencies and my proclivities to not be all that I should be have not caused him to turn his face toward away from me. There have been seasons when I have struggled so greatly and it was my struggle it seemed like that drew him to me in an even more profound way. Can I, can I talk to you? Does anybody have any children? Does anybody have a son or a daughter? How many of you can say that child is mine even when they struggle. Yeah, that child is mine even when they're acting crazy. That child is mine even when they get on my last nerve. And I can say they're going crazy, but you better not say nothing about them. Or I might go country and hood on you all at the same time. Come on, I can talk about my children's struggle, but you better not talk about them. Y'all don't say nothing. Look straight ahead and act like I'm not talking to you. But the reality of it all is even when they struggle, they're still yours. And you, you are going to fight for them and fight for their breakthrough. God said, I'm the heavenly father. And even when you struggle, you're still mine. Hallelujah. I, I need somebody to give God the praise that he never got done with you. The Lord delivers. The Lord delivers. The Lord delivers. Tell somebody on your role, the Lord still delivers. Yes, he delivers you out of trouble. He delivers you out of sickness. He delivers you out of bondage. Delivers is the Hebrew, Hebrew word notzel. It means to snatch away, to defend, to deliver, to escape without fail, to pluck out, to preserve, to recover, to save, and surely bring out. See, there are some people here today, you've been plucked out, you've, been, you've escaped, you've been preserved, you've been recovered, you've been rescued, you've been saved. When you look back at the last season of your life, he has surely brought you out. That's what deliverance is. It means he surely brings you out. I was wondering if there's anybody here today that can say, preacher, he has surely brought me out. Yeah. If you could see where I was 10 years ago, he has surely brought me out. If you could see where I came from, he has surely brought me out. I was in bondage just like the children of Israel were in Babylon, but he surely brought me out. There's people who don't understand you and they don't understand your pursuit of God, but they don't know how profound his work was in your life. He has surely brought you out. He didn't bring you out a little bit. He didn't bring you out barely. He didn't just almost deliver. 
deliver you, but he brought you completely out of the person that you were, completely out of the bondage that you were in, the things that you thought you don't even think anymore, the things that you did you don't even do anymore, the behavior that you had you don't even have it anymore, the desires that you used to have you don't even have them anymore because he delivered you so profoundly and so intensely that now you are in a new place, a new position, a new location, and a new address. Do you feel something turning in this room right now? I'm reminding you that you've been brought out. Plucked, snatched away, defended. The devil had you one minute and you were gone the next. So this had happened to the Jewish people, unexplainably, supernaturally. They'd been set free, change of address. The problem was their address changed, but their mentality stayed the same. They were free, but still acted bound because they didn't embrace all that God has for them and had for them. They, 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 they were delivered and they had been brought out, plucked out, rescued defended and snatched away from their bondage. But the dilemma was this, and you can hear it if you listen closely to the text. The writer said, will you not revive us again? There it is. They had been delivered. They weren't in bondage anymore. They weren't in shackles anymore. They weren't enslaved anymore. They were delivered, but they were just not revived. And here's the problem. Many in the church have been delivered. The church is full of delivered people. The problem is a lot of the people that have been delivered have not been revived. So they're still depressed and they're still full of anxiety and they're still full of worry. They, they sit in church and go through life delivered. You're, they're not in bondage to what they used to be in bondage to. They're not enslaved by what they were enslaved by in the past. They're, they're not blatantly in addiction anymore or in bad behavior, but something inside of them has not yet come to life in fullness. They are faithful in their relationships. They come to church most of the time. Some of them even tithe once in a while. They've been delivered from so much, but what they need is revival. God said, I didn't set you free for you to be dead. I didn't set you free for you to be bound. I didn't set you free for you to be in anxiety. I didn't set you free for you to be bound up by what the enemy is trying to feed you in this season. God said, when I delivered you, I delivered you with the purpose. I am come that they might have life and they might have it more abundantly. How many of you want that kind of revival? Come on, I said, how many of you want a revival that brings you joy and peace and breakthrough? Here's what I have decided. I want to be more than just a delivered dead man. I want to be revived. Where are the churches, churches in America that want to be revived? Well, one of them's right here. Come on, somebody. I've been in churches so dead before I smelt the embalming fluid when I came through the door. Five people died and they carted out the half the church before they got to the right one. Can I get a witness? See, see, here's the truth. 
Revive means to restore to life and consciousness. It's a recovery of breath. It means to regain life. It, it means to give new strength or energy. It means to restore interests. It means to improve the position or condition of. I declare that there's a revival coming and baby let me tell you our position is going to improve. Our condition is going to improve. We're going to have new strength and new energy. The writer said Lord will you not will you 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 not revive us again see I, if I'm gonna ask somebody to do something I want to make sure they got the ability to do it if I need some money I want to make sure I ask somebody who's got some can I get a witness he said will you not revive us again we are all delivered they said but we need revival and I've come to tell you that that's what's happening in our church delivered people are getting revived God is breathing in this house God is breathing on this church God is breathing in your family and in the natural when someone needs to be revived there's a heart condition that must be addressed the Bible says in the Bible Bible, we understand the Hebrews believe that the heart is the center of a person's being the physical emotional and moral part of a person it's the heart the heart is who you really are that's why you want to have a right heart and a good heart and a pure heart the Bible says in 1 Samuel 16 7 but the Lord said to Samuel do not look at his appearance or at his physical stature because I have refused him for the Lord does not see as man sees for man looks at the outward appearance but the Lord looks at the heart he said folk will look at you and just see the superficial you they will see the trappings they will see the polish they will see the struggle they may see professionalism they might see clothes they might see physical beauty they might see resources they might see somebody who doesn't look like they're enough they might see somebody who doesn't look like they can get the job done but God said I look fast all those superficial things and I look deeper into a man see the heart is in the deepest part of your body the heart is in the deepest part of your body and God said I'm looking past whatever Everybody else is looking at and I'm looking at your heart and when your heart is right anything is possible I need the people who are glad that the Lord looks at the heart just take about 10 seconds to give him praise right now You are not disqualified by the numbers in your bank account. You are not disqualified by anything that you've done. You're not disqualified. You are not even defined by your past. You are not defined by what you wear. You're not defined by what you have. God said, I look past all that and I look straight to your heart. Aren't you glad? That's why your heart has to stay revived. You reason from your heart. You, 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 you make decisions from your heart. The Bible said, for as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. You, you chart the course for your future from your heart. Proverbs 16, 9 said, a man's heart plans his way. But the Lord directs his steps. Hallelujah. It comes from the heart. Nothing's more important than the heart. The Bible said in Proverbs 4, guard your heart. Keep it with all diligence for out of it springs the issues of life. He said, guard your heart. Don't let bitterness get in your heart. Don't let pride get in your heart. Don't let condemnation get in your heart. Don't let a judging spirit get in your heart. Don't let lust or unforgiveness get in your heart. Don't allow these things in your heart because you have to guard 
hurt your heart. That's why I'm, I, I listen, if you wrong me, I'm forgiving you. If you talked about me, I forgive you. I've already forgiven you, but I forgive you again today because I'm not going to let anything get deposited in my heart that will cause my heart to be diseased. How many of you want the Lord to do a work in your heart? If that's you, give him some praise right now. So I want to talk to you about CPR. That's cardiopulmonary resuscitation. Come on, y'all. I can Google. Can I get a witness? Now, there are several steps in the process of revival. It's a matter of the heart when you were going to do CPR on somebody. And there are several steps to this process when you're reviving someone. But if you will bear with a gospel preacher, I may be able to bring a little revelation as it relates to CPR. Now, if you're going to do CPR on a person, and we got somebody here today, thankful for our first responders that brought this guy here for me to revive. Come on, y'all. We're just going to pray that God also gives him legs in the process. Can I get a witness? But, but here's the process that you have to go through if you're going to revive someone. Now, we have all kind of first responders, all kind of medical doctors, and all kind of medical people in this room, and they can explain the scientific part of it better than I can. But I just want to go through the process and, and, and apply this to where we live. Number one, you need to open the airways of a person. You've got to open up the airways of the person. If you're going to revive them, you've got to open up the airwaves of the person and I was reading and they said how do you do I, I said I was thinking how do you do that and as I was reading the, 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 the thing that I read said the first thing you have to do is tilt your head back get, get them in a position where, where you tilt their head back I dare somebody to tilt your head back right now just, just tilt your head back right now what are you doing you're looking up you're not looking around you're not looking at your situation you tilt your head back and you're looking up you know what the key to revival is baby tilt your head back stop looking at who did your wrong stop looking at what ain't going right stop looking at the issues stop looking at the devil stop looking at the attack put your I dared some about a thousand people right now I dare you just to tilt your head back somebody just tilt your head back and say God show me revival show me breakthrough come on show me what you want me to see See, you do this, you, you, you open the airwaves by tilting your head back. And, and first and foremost, if you're going to experience reviving, you have to have an unrestricted airway. It's necessary to make sure that the person is in the proper position. See, you can't revive somebody if they're laying on their stomach. You can't revive somebody if they're laying on their back. Revival has a position. <laughs> Revival has a position. Come on, somebody. I said revival has a position. You say, what's the position? It's the prayer position. It's the praise position. It's the worship position. God said, if I can get you in position, I'll breathe on you. God said, if I can get you in position, I'll send an awakening. God said, if I can get you in position. See, a lot of churches are not having a move of God because they're out of position. But I prophesy that there is a new generation rising that says, God put me in position to receive anything and everything you have for me if you want to be in the right position give God a praise right now you can miss your revival if you're not in position 
to receive it. It's easy to get out of position. It's easy to get in a place and miss what God wants to do in our lives. We got to be in the right positions. He wants to breathe on us, but so often we're not in position to receive it. But I declare that some of you right now are getting yourself in position for the next season that God's going to unlock in your life. I remember when I, we were traveling to Hong Kong, Pastor Don and I, and we had a group from our church, and we were sitting in a restaurant in San Francisco about to board a plane. It was a burrito restaurant because you know what? God loves burritos. It's one of the good things that the Lord made. Hallelujah. But we're sitting in this great burrito place and, and we're just eating. And all of a sudden, one of the ladies that was there, she noticed a man who was choking on a piece of steak. Man, he, he was choking. And, and, and she said, that man is choking. And I'm telling you, he was like, for real about to meet his maker she ran up behind him and she started doing the Heimlich maneuver this little lady did and it was nothing she that guy could not she couldn't dislodge that and I said oh my goodness and I people are panicking and I said I've never done the Heimlich before but I'm about to go do it on this guy right now man my adrenaline was so high I picked that joker up and I because he couldn't breathe. The stake had restricted his air. Well, y'all ain't saying nothing. I got behind him and I started going, Poof. man, I was, and man, I hit him one time just right, and that stake went like that. And I was so jazzed up, I hit him about three more times. And he said, wait a minute, I'm alive, I'm alive. See the, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm alive, I'm alive. I need to tell you that it's time to get the stuff out of the way that's been restricting what God wants to do. The Holy Spirit wants to come in this house today. How many of you can say, move it out of the way? Move my past out of the way. Move my pride out of the way. Move religion out of the way. Move whatever I'm thinking out of the way. Search me, oh God. When I, when I walked over there, my wife said, either I knew that you were going to revive him or kill him. <laughs> David said, search me, oh God, and know my heart and test my thoughts. Point out anything that you find in me that makes you sad and leave me along the path of everlasting life. To revive a person, all the hindrances, the blockages have got to be removed. Clean airways. That's what it's going to take for revival. How many of you can say, Lord, clean the airways over Daytona Beach. Clean the airways over our church. Clean the airways over our life. Put me in proper position. Cleanse me and remove me from anything that would restrict me from receiving your revival. If it's religion, move it out of the way. If it's my past, move it out of the way. If it's wrong relationships... I said, if it's wrong relationships, move it out of the way. If it's attitudes, move it out of the way. If it's behaviors, move it out of the way. If it's unforgiveness, get it out of the way. If it's anger, get it out of the way. If it's doubt, get it out of the way. If it's shame, get it out of the way. But put me in a position where you can breathe into my life. 
So, so they said if you're going to revive a person, you've got to tilt their head back. You've got to clear the airways. You've got to remove all the blockages and hindrances. But then you pinch the nose of the person, right? And then you do mouth to mouth. Now here's what you've got to understand. We must come to a place where we say, Lord, I need you to breathe on me. More than anything else, I want you to breathe in this church. If you don't breathe on me, I'm going to perish. If you don't breathe on me, I'm not going to make it. If you don't revive me, I will not make it. I need your breath to bring me revival. So here's what I say. I say, Lord, breathe on this church and everybody in it. How many of you want that? I say, breathe on this church and everybody in it. I say, breathe on this church and everybody in it. The Bible says that so Jesus said to them again, peace be unto you, the Father has sent me, I also send to you. And he said, and when he had said this, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Is there anybody here that can say, God, if you're breathing on somebody, breathe on me. If you're breathing on somebody, breathe on me. See, here's what you've got to understand. One of the main requirements for a person to experience revival is intimacy. That means you've got to be willing to let the reviver get close. That means you've got to be willing to say, okay, get right in my face. If you really want revival from God, there is no comfort zone. There is no saying, God, you can't get that close, touch this, but you can't touch that. See, when you really want revival, everything changes. When you really want revival, things begin to shift. When a person is getting CPR, they're not saying back off. They're not saying, don't touch me there. They're they're not saying don't get too close. How many believers miss out on revival because they don't desire intimacy with the Father? And they say, God, you're getting too close. Don't touch that relationship. Don't touch that attitude. Don't touch that. But I'm at a place right now where I say, God, invade my space. Invade my life. Get as close to me as you can get. God won't revive people who want to be superficial. There's no comfort zone in revival. Are you hearing me? You ready for this? Real revival will eliminate our country, our comfort level. I said real revival will eliminate our comfort level. That means we've had this kind of setup. It's got to be just like this. Calvary services have got to look like this. We've got to sing this long, and we've got to have this happen right there, and then the offering's got to happen right here. There's going to be three songs and three points and a poem, and we're going to get out of here. But God said, no, I can't move the way I want to move if you try to keep me in the box. He said, I got to get close. I want, I want to mess up what you thought it was going to be, and I want to bring something fresh. How many of you can say, Pastor, it's okay. It's okay if we're not the same that we've always been. We just want something fresh from God. One, two, three, if you want something fresh from God, give the Lord a mighty praise. All right, the person being revived 
has to have their chest pressed on right at the heart. 30 compressions and two, and two rescue breaths. 30 compressions and two rescue breaths. See, the person that is being revived must be touched. And in order for revival to manifest, the heart has to be moved. If the heart doesn't move, then revival doesn't come. If the person isn't touched, then revival doesn't come. I can't just go to church anymore. I can't just sit in the building after 2020 and all that I've gone through. I can't just go through religious ritual. Baby, I want to say, God, touch me until you move my heart. Touch me until my heart changes. Touch me until I'm transformed. Is there anybody that can say, God, I want you to touch me today. I want you to touch my family today don't just leave me sitting in this church God without your touch move my heart if the heart never moves revival never comes you know why people walk out on God because their heart wasn't moved you know why people don't walk in revival? Because they won't let their heart be moved. They want to stay mad. I'm mad. I'm mad. You need to build a bridge and get over it. You see what they, be, they put on Facebook? My Lord, look at what you put on Facebook. You see, yeah, I'm, I'm mad. My sister messed me up. Listen, when God puts his hand on your chest... He begins to move your heart. Things change. It's impossible to be revived without a touch from heaven. So here's what I say today. Touch us, Holy Spirit. <laughs> move our hearts. I told the staff, what you going to do if this dummy gets up and starts walking? Shelly Jevons says, I'm going to run out of the church. Come on, somebody. See, real revival is a matter of the heart. If a person's heart doesn't move and doesn't respond, there can be no revival. And this church must have its heart moved, y'all. The Bible said, from the end of the earth will I cry out when my heart is overwhelmed. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For you have been a shelter for me, a strong tower from the enemy. See, when you start, here's what I was studying. When you start pressing on that heart and that heart starts to move how many of you can say lord move my heart in this season come on i dare somebody right now if you want god to move your heart just say move my heart in this season come on i dare you make a little noise if you're ready for god to move your heart move my heart for the lost move my heart for the struggling move my heart for revival move my heart for a new season move my heart for an awakening move my heart for the lost move my heart for this generation if you want god to move your heart give him a mighty praise right now Oh, come on, come on. How many of you can say, God, move my heart and breathe on me? Move my heart and breathe on me. Invade my space. Get in my life. God, move my heart. So when our heart gets moved, things change. 
Bueno, it really doesn't change until your heart changes. How many of you can say, Lord, move my heart, move my, move my heart, move my heart. But as I was studying this, this is where it really gets good. I mean, it's all been good, but this is even better. When, when that heart begins to beat, what happens is there is a... There is a movement that begins to take place. <sighs> now that that person has been dead. How many of you know you don't get any sicker than dead? Nobody ever died until their heart stopped beating. And when the heart stopped beating, you know what happened? The blood stopped flowing. But I was reading and they said, when you move the heart, when you do mouth-to-mouth -mouth resuscitation and you breathe into the person and you get life into the person, then that heart begins to move. They said blood begins to flow to the entire body. I've come to tell you that there is a church that is rising up in the last days that is saying, God, breathe on me. Lord, move my heart and let the blood of Jesus flow to the entire body. Let the blood flow in the youth ministry. Let the blood flow in the children's ministry. Let the blood flow on the senior adult. Let the blood flow like a river. Let the blood flow in my house. Let the blood flow over my son. Let the blood flow over my daughters. Let the blood flow. How many of you can say, God, move my heart and let the blood flow. I need somebody right now. If you want the blood to flow over your life, over your church, over our ministries, make a little noise right now. I'm telling you, if I've got to do that in this season, then you can have a pastor or and that's gonna stand in this place. I refuse to let hell rob me of revival. I refuse to be denied an outpouring of the Holy. The blood is gonna flow over our youth ministry. The blood is gonna flow over our college students. The blood is gonna flow over our school. The blood is gonna flow over our family. Somebody right now, just push. Just say, God, do it. Do it. Let the blood flow. Let the blood flow. Come on. I said, give God some praise in here. Hey. Everybody's standing. If you want the blood to flow like a river over this church, if you want your heart moved, if you want the blood to flow over your family, open your mouth right now and give God a mighty praise. upon your son but here's what I say 
whatever you've been giving up on your daughter. But here's what I say. Some of you've been giving up on revival. But here's what I say. The blood is flowing again. Revival is flowing again. Now watch this. He said, will you not revive us? He didn't stop there. He said, will you not revive us? Again. Oh, that, that makes me, that makes me want to rejoice. That, that, that makes me want to rejoice. I said, that makes me want to rejoice. He said, will you not revive us? Again. Did you get that? The psalmist said, do again what you have done before. He said, if you've done it before, you can do it again. I dare somebody right now, maybe you've been in a greater revival than, than you've been in in the past, but you would say, God, if you can do it again, 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 do it again. You did it in Brownsville, do it again. You did it in Sousa Street, do it again. Do it again. Revive Ormond Beach. Revive Daytona. Revive your church. I'm going to give you 30 seconds to put your desperation on display. If you want God to do again what he did before. One, two, three. Give him a mighty praise. Come here, son. Come here. We're making the announcement. Go ahead. Revival. 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 Rip your talk about it, it'll come. You preach about it, it'll come. Whatever you say, you're gonna see. Revival, revival, revival on Sunday. Revival on Monday. Revival on Saturday. Revival on Wednesday. Revival on Tuesday. Revival on Thursday. Revival on Friday. Revival in your house. Revival with your family. Revival in our youth group. Revival in our kids. Revival, revival, revival. on the hungry people I just don't wait on the hungry people I see the Spirit of the Lord pushing this church right now the Holy Ghost is over this house right now he is pushing have your way Holy Ghost one of the things that I love most about the presence of the Lord is this and the goodness of the Lord is he will revive us again. 
and again. No three strikes and you're out. No, you went too far. God said, I'm ready. Look at this crowd of people here. That's How many of you are coming to Calvary because you feel like there's revival in the room? One, two, three, make a little noise if that's you. Make a little noise if that's you. Revive is from the old French or Latin word. It means again or back. It means live again. Verve, live again. Back again. In the name of Jesus, I declare that God is doing it again. I said, I said, I know you've seen him do it before, but God's about to do it again. He's about to do it again. You saw him save somebody else's children, but he's about to do it again and save your children. You saw him make a way, but he's about to do it again. I said, he's about to do it again. Now here's where it really gets beautiful. He said, will you not revive us again? that your people may rejoice in you. Now, now, I need you to get that in your spirit because there's an idea that revival is something that's hard. It's something that you earn. It's something that you make happen yourself. But hear me now, always remember, he said that your people, that your people may rejoice in you. You are his people. And revival that's coming, baby, it's not going to be labor. It's not going to be us making it happen. It's not going to be me beating you with a sledgehammer. But it's going to be people walking in and saying, just touch me, Lord. Just breathe on me, Lord. Just have your way. We're not going to stress over it. We're not going to worry about it. How many of you believe that revival is coming just like that? This is a time of refreshing. This is a time of refreshing. Who's ready for refreshing? How many of you can say, Lord, let me tilt my head back. Come on, let, let, get me in position. Remove any obstacle, remove any hindrance. Clear the airwaves for revival. Now, now, Lord, get close to me and breathe on me. Breathe on my family. Breathe in my house. Breathe in my home. Breathe in my church. Get any obstacle or hindrance out of the way. Now, God, move my heart. Move my heart, God. Move my heart. Move my heart. John, I want you to sing whatever it is on your spirit. And I'm going to do something. But I, I want those who are hungry for this kind of revival. Because revival is a matter of the heart. Those were four steps that I just gave you for revival. How many of you are hungry and you're possessing what I've been preaching? Remember, if you talk about it, it's going to come. If you preach about it, it's going to manifest. Step up here and sing, Pastor John. Come on. This world can never satisfy the longing in my soul when all is lost and hope is dry. When all I feel is cold, I'm coming back to your presence. 
just one? Do I have somebody? Do I have anybody? Come on. I know that most of them are probably working. Well, I'm going to lay hands on somebody in proxy. No, there, there, here she comes. Come on. Come on. Here's a chicken worker. Yeah, yeah. Oh, gee. Now, now, look at this. Pastor Jen is across the street. Pastor Ronnie is across the street. But I'm declaring revival over your children. I'm declaring that your children are going to serve the Lord. I'm declaring that your children are going to be mighty. I release the anointing of the Holy Ghost in our youth ministry, on our kids ministry. Let revival fall. Let revival fall. Let revival fall. Let revival fall. In the mighty name of Jesus. Somebody give God a shout of praise. Where is where is Liz? Is Liz here? Get up here, Pastor Liz. Come on. Shandarabasaya, Liz or Jeremy. Get up here quickly. While they're coming, Anderson, you come here. Anderson, get up here. Anderson, come here. Anderson oversees the finances here in this campus. Stay right there. Get right here. I'm declaring that you are about to come into a financial revival. I'm declaring God is breathing resources. God is breathing resources. I release it in the name of Jesus. Everything you need, somebody give God a small groups and family ministries follow up I want you to stretch your hands toward them I declare that they're gonna have more people to follow up on than they've ever had in their lives because more people are about to be saved at Calvary than in the history of our church and I release the anointing of the Holy Ghost in the
people live their entire lives and never have an experience like this. But I came today looking for the people who will say, Revive me, Lord. Thank you for joining us for today's message. You can continue to be a part of all that God is doing here at Calvary Christian Center. You can text to give at 386-866-3060, or you can give at calvaryfl.com give. We would love for you to subscribe to our podcast and also for you to share this podcast with your community, your family, and your friends. Again, thank you for joining us.